0: And I've I've heard it said that you can't have more money than the level of value that you have for yourself. That like you, if you have more money than, than how you than than the amount of value you have for yourself, you'll go back to the level of money that, where you value yourself. Like wow. it, it'll it'll decrease to that level.
1: Hey guys, I'm here with my good friend Ahab Al Hindi, and uh, we're gonna have some conversations. Thanks for coming, bro. Hey, thanks for having me, dude. I'm excited. I am um, excited too. Um, <clears throat> so, Ahab, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably not do your bio justice, but I'm gonna say what I know about you. Sure. So, um, you moved to Reading how long ago? Uh, going on 15 years. Okay. So, and, and as long as I've known you, you've been on an entrepreneur. Yeah. So you and your wife have had restaurants and, uh, multiple restaurants. And the latest is you guys run a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Um, among other things. I mean, you're also, you know, you speak, you coach people. Yeah. Um, you're really into leadership with your employees. So what am I missing? Cause I know I'm missing a lot uh not too much uh we've been investing in real estate for about the last
0: 13 years so okay
1: yeah cool well so this is our third podcast and we called it money hole and it's kind of a funny uh, it's kind of a little bit of a uh a, a play on words and the reason why we picked this is because i've been having conversations about money for a long time and i know you have too and um one of the questions i like to ask people is so what were the belief systems that you remember inheriting as a young kid growing up with money?
0: Yeah, I think around the whole money world, my my dad in the 70s had a real, um, had a bit of a gambling problem mm-hmm. and a little bit of a drinking problem. And um, I wasn't born until 1980, but uh, by the time I came around, my mom had like, had like taken over the finances okay because my dad was uh he's he's good at making money he's also really good at spending money Mm. you know he's like he's got a gift for spending (laughs) and uh and so i i just being around my parents uh i i kind of inherited that that piece of like if there's money in my pocket it felt like it needed to leave mm-hmm. like i i i can remember like i was a caddy at 16 years old at this uh country club and i made like 160 bucks in a day from like doing two loops with these with these people carrying their bags and i remember like like feeling the need to spend the money mm-hmm. like on something and and i i've i've heard it said that you can't have more money than the level of value that you have for yourself. That like you if you have more money than than how you than than the amount of value you have for yourself, you'll go back to the level of money that where you value yourself. Like wow. it, it'll it'll decrease to that level. And that was totally true with me. Like I I could I I was an overspender, I was a credit card user and I inherited that from from my dad I think more than my mom because my mom I remember being in stores with my mom and she would somehow we I remember being in Macy's with my mom and she somehow had $300 worth of stuff and they were giving her $5 because she had like coupons and <laughs> deals and returns yeah. and like they owed her money after she was I was like like who is this wizard you know <laughs> like my mom was just like yeah. that she always She was always making a deal, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I married someone similar to my mom, actually. (laughs) Just that way. Oh, man. She's looking for a deal every
1: day of the week. That's cool. Yeah, she's amazing. So I I, I relate with that a lot. I felt the same way growing up. I I spent money. Would you say, based on one of the... I asked a a similar question to someone else. Would you say it was because you had fear about having money? Is that why you've... What what do you think it was that I don't think anyone ever talked to me about having a relationship
0: with money. I don't think I ever developed a healthy relationship with money. Mm. Like, money money I, I was I was talking to one of my my friends uh this is a while ago, but I said money is longing to be stewarded. And it will always end up in the hands of a good steward. Mm-hmm. And it, it runs from the foolish and towards the wise. And it's just, it longs, like money longs to be stewarded well. Yeah. I think good stewards end up holding money Yeah, and poor stewards end up losing money.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we, I just shared this graph on Instagram that showed credit card debt going straight up over the last two years to an all-time high. Wow. And then it showed savings account. Going the exact opposite direction. Mm. Now, if you look at the savings account, it's it's about a two or three year period. You'll see that as it's going down, there's these three spikes, and those three spikes are the stimulus. Oh wow! And one of the interesting things about that graph and about the times of stimulus is there were a lot of people in the stimulus that happened that said, "Here's what's going to happen. This." Free money is going to go into the hands of all these people, but it's going to make its way back to the hands of the people who steward it. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting if you think about what you just said and how, you know, give a million dollars to a basketball player fresh out of high school who was mm. never had any value for money. And, you know, we hear those stories all the time. It's totally. It's gone. Um, someone wins a lottery and they're bankrupt in 10 years. Yeah. We're all like, well, how does that happen? Um, and I, th- I think you're touching on that. So what about, um, where, where were some turning points for you where, cause you know, obviously I know you, I've known you for a while now, that's not the reality you live today. Yeah. And what would you say were some turning points where you, you did have someone that impressed you enough or influenced you enough to think differently yeah, I think there's it's still a temptation for me. Yeah, um,
0: the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing, you know, that guy's got a sick truck. I need a sick truck. That guy's got Kuyu cool gear. I want to. Yeah, there's still like a, a temptation there, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, I think one knowing the Lord has yeah. has really helped. Um, uh, when you start getting your identity and your value from from something eternal, um, versus temporal. I think that that helps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, my time with Steve Backlund—you know, I, I I spent some time with him, interning for him, serving him, and learning, learning about my beliefs and how my beliefs are more. One of the things he says is, "Your beliefs are more important to what you do, and actually, your beliefs will create the world you live in." Mm-hmm. And your so if you if you focus on your beliefs, and so I wanted to believe that I was I was a good steward. Yeah, I wanted to believe that I was a good husband. I'm a good father, um, and so I started working on my beliefs. And then as I was working on my beliefs, I found that that these things were popping up all the time. Yeah, and one of the things he enc- always encourages is like making declarations. And some people misunderstand declarations. It's like. You know, like a name it and claim it type thing. Yeah, but he goes about it like, you know, faith comes by hearing, and sometimes you have to be the one who's talking.
1: Yep.
0: You know, you put the words on your lips so that you hear. Because, like, Andy Andrews is one of my favorite authors, and he'll say he says this. He says, you it's rare for someone to believe it's it's rare for someone to believe a stranger. It's uncommon. You might believe a friend." but you always believe yourself. Mm-hmm. So like, it's really important that you are speaking to you
1: mm-hmm. th- the right way. Yeah. I rem- <clears throat> there was a, uh, there was a time where I had to do a presentation years ago in front of all these business owners. And, and these were people that intimidated me yeah. and, you know, and I, I always have struggled, you know, not as much anymore, thank God, but with feeling like I don't belong, you know, that imposter syndrome. And so I had to present in in front of all these people. I was so anxious. And so I sat down with a friend of mine at the time and he said, man, and it didn't matter what he said, he was not making the feeling go away. He's like, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to write down declarations and literally look in the mirror every day. Mm. And one of them was literally, I do not care what others think. And I, I can't believe it worked. But after 10 days of doing that, like I literally did not care what they thought. Mm. So it does work. It does work. Yeah. It's a great way
0: to, you know, that whole renewing your mind thing, yep. like changing the way you think, changing what you believe. Like you believe yourself. Mm-hmm. So you better check how you're talking to
1: yourself. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It is. It totally is. So, so you're saying that by changing your beliefs and, you know, I would say focusing on all the pillars of life, the most important things that, that we get to steward here on earth by not focusing on money, but focusing on your marriage Mm. and your children and your heart actually had an impact on how you stewarded finances. 100%. And I I worked on it before
0: I ever got married. I wanted to be a good husband before I met my wife, right? Like that was a desire of mine. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a good father before I had my first kid. Um, And so Like for me, it was, yes, I want, I I think I needed outlets to practice, Mm -hmm. you know, with money. And so like getting out of debt, right? I was out of debt before I got married and that was a goal of mine. I didn't want to go in and then lay debt at my wife's feet. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's her debt now, right? (laughs) And here's a, here's a gift, honey. I got you a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I love you. Thanks for marrying me. (laughs) It's like, the only debt I had was my student loans and was like an $80 payment a month, right? And and I'll probably pay it off when I'm 95. (laughs) 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 My gift to my grandkids. (laughs) Yeah, But like I wanted wanted to enter that relationship like not being a burden to my spouse, Mm -hmm. not being a burden to my wife, but like being a gift to her, Mm -hmm. right? And she came into the marriage, same thing. You know, debt free. Only had student loans. So, and then developing as a as a dad, I wanted to be a, a good dad, and my dad was was solid, but he was workaholic. Man, like he was gone all day long. Uh, he he, like I got, I played, I wrestled from like eight nine years old uh, until my first year of college, and my dad never saw me wrestle. Mm-hmm. Even though I had gone to, like, state championships and all that. And I was like, gosh, I was so passionate about wrestling. How could he not desire to go? Yeah. You know? like ne- I think he went to one football game in high school. You know? Yeah. as like, And so I wanted to, like, break that cycle. and I wanted to just. And so my, I sit there at every one of my kids' jiu-jitsu practices. And it's, you know, sometimes they're in- entertained. But most of the time, you're just like, man, I'm sitting at practice. Yep. you know, <laughs> for to watch like my five year old, my seven year old, <laughs> my nine year old
1: grapple with kids, you know, but it's I, I want I want them to feel valued by me. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to I, I want to touch on you saying that you and your wife, um, were out of debt when you got married, and you know that's not true for everyone, and obviously there's all kinds of ways where you can work through debt while you're married. But one of the things I've noticed 22 years now of doing mortgages, I've done over 5,000 loans is without even knowing it, there was a day where I realized that I've had this lab in my office where I've been able to see the fruit of people's lives and how people that have massive debt, it is such a strain on the marriage. I I think it's, it's either number one or number two reason for divorce, right? yeah and when when I hear you say that, like I know you, and I think you and your wife had an incredible marriage, yeah, and it's not a stress free marriage you're a business owner, yeah. you have a bunch of kids, you guys have all kinds of stuff going on, but got a lot of kids <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree I would agree um but man what 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 do you think about, and what would you say you're you're a leader man, and you have all kinds of employees and um to people that are have a marriage and how how they can you know, understand that fixing their money in many ways will change their marriage and mm. change the, how they parent because it's going to remove this stress that for so many people, they don't know what they don't know because it's always been there. Yeah. So many people from childhood have had the stress of money. They go into high school. High schools don't teach you how to get out of debt. In fact, they teach you to get in debt. And so they've never actually experienced that weight gone and they, they don't even know it's there. Does that make sense? 100%. Like, um, it was probably
0: 2017, my wife and I, for the first time in our marriage, overextended ourselves. And it was, it was a weird season. Like we had, we had six properties and we had all these mortgages uh, we had uh, seven properties, including the one we were living in, and um, we had a credit card that we started using for for the business that we had a really hard time paying off. And I saw myself in that season. I saw my dad and myself, mm-hmm. where I was present but I wasn't home. Like I was there but I wasn't there. Uh, my wife and I fought more than we had ever fought in our entire marriage. Like. Like at that point, we were probably married five or six years and we were just we we're like clashing. Uh I remember going two weeks without talking to my wife. Two weeks. Like that never happened. But it was the it was a season where we overextended ourselves. And then in 2018, we had the car fire and like it was it was it was like we were taught we were like right there, kind of like in a tight place, but we are making it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the car fire came and it was like, we're gonna lose everything. Yeah. My restaurant is right down the road from that fire. Like I I remember driving to the restaurant in the middle of the night and (laughs) grabbing the cash out of the safe because I'm like, I don't know if this building's gonna be here tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like just scared. Yeah. You know? And and it was like a tipping point for us. Cause we kind of just looked each other in the eye and we're like, we got to change the way we're living. Cause we lived with, with peace for so long. That weight of anxiety was, was something that we, I don't mind anxiety when I'm building. Mm -hmm. Like when it's, there's like a good stress, you know, when you're building something or, you know, I'm a builder That's it's just what I love to do. I I get excited when we're, there's a new project and that stress kind of like pushes me towards it. But when it's something where I feel like I can't control or I've done to myself, you know, I go, Oh man, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's lost all its yeah. pleasure, you know? And so, you know, we, we actually got into Dave Ramsey during that season. We did the the cash, got it and just started working. Envelope system. The envelope system. <clears throat> and just said, Well, we're just gonna
1: we're gonna we're gonna go back to the ABCs of money. Yeah. So we have a friend in town. Um, we we had a great conversation the other day. I'm so glad I got to spend some time with him, and uh, he's got some really interesting stuff going on, which oh, is man. so exciting, man. I just he's one I, of the smartest dudes in the planet. He really is, man. And I, I'm so grateful. Anyhow, so we were just talking about how you know he he was in this season where you know he kind of had it all uh, by anyone's standards, and and I don't mean necessarily like toys and all that stuff. I, I mean, he, he built a business where he was literally able to step back and kind of live the Tim Ferriss four hour work week. Totally. And, and I've seen a lot of guys do that. And what I've found is at least from what I've seen is it isn't what a lot of people expect it to be. And they find that they, they lose a sense of purpose yeah. and they lose the, the challenge and the grind and the drive. And I have a a couple friends that, you know, are incredibly successful. You know, just to give an example, one of my friends has a hundred million dollars and obviously he could have quit a long time ago. And he works as hard today in his sixties that he probably worked in his thirties. That's awesome. Yeah. Now his kids are out of the house and stuff and he doesn't go until 10 and he works till seven. So he has a schedule that he wants. But one of the things he told me a long time ago is he said, I realized a long time ago it was never about the money. He's like, mm. it was about the process of becoming who God created me to be. And I love that. he's, and he said, and I never want the easy in life. He's like, because I've seen the easy destroy people. He's like, the hard is what I want. And it's always going to be hard. And the people that try to go the easy way, they have it the hardest. Mm. And so we just had a really good discussion, him and I, because. Of you know just the season that he's coming out of and the things he's contemplating for the future and it it was awesome it was yeah. a great conversation he and I were chatting the other day and uh, we're hanging out in the hot tub and just
0: just talking through life and you know about a month ago uh, I shared with him and about a month ago my uh, my wife's dad passed away and um, she like got in a plane and she's she's headed there and. And, uh, and I, that, that night I have, I have this dream that I, that I, am dying mm. and and it like freaked me out because it felt so real. It was so vivid. It was like a real vivid dream. And, uh, and I, I started looking at my life and started wondering, like, what, what am I doing? Like, if I'm, if I were to die right now, like at 42, like what mark did I leave on this world? And it was like a scary thought. And I started like questioning, what is the meaning? Like, why are we here? Like if it's if it's the gospel, then I'm gonna pour my whole life into the gospel. And 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 we started, I just started going down this this rabbit trail, right? Like mm-hmm. of like, what's the meaning of life? Right? Like that ultimate question. And yeah. and he's like, he goes, y- you know, you know why you're thinking this way? And I was like, tell me. He's like because you've you've been grinding for years and you've been growing businesses and you're making more money now than you've made in your entire life and you're realizing it doesn't satisfy. Mhm. Yeah. And I'm like you're 100% right. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like I I there was a part of me that was like life is going to get a little bit easier. Yeah. Right? When I make more money or this part of be, BL- I'm like we still don't take vacations, like because <laughs> my wife is my mom. <laughs> She's so cheap, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jesse, if you ever watch this, you're not cheap. You're you're
1: smart, very smart, <laughs> yeah, very smart. Um, yeah. Well, man, that is that is so good. I I I wouldn't have used that language, but I I believe the same thing now. You know, I I just I know for me that. I want to be in a place where I can keep climbing the mountain. Mm. And if I get to the top of the mountain, I'll find, I got to find a new mountain because I just, along the way of building businesses and being involved in people's lives, we stumble into the meaning of life. Mm. And we realize that, you know, you know, money is a tool and it's a part of it. And, um, you know, using that word. I mean, one of the things that I, that I see, and we can talk about this is how a lot of people are afraid of money and they almost act as if it's not a part of being a wholehearted human being. Mm. You know, I was talking with fab earlier and we were just talking about how the very thing that ends up being something we all deal with every day is one of the things that nobody's talking about because there's so much shame around it, or you're worried that you're you're, you can't disclose these things to someone because they'll think different of you, whether you're broke or whether you have yeah. a lot of it. Um, and so one of the things I love about friendships is when we can talk about these things yeah. and there's so much value in it for when we do, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's true too.
0: I, I heard somebody say that, you know, the more money someone has, the less likely they're willing to tell you how much they make or they'll lie about how much they make, Yeah, you know, and there's, there's truth to that. Cause like you know, the, the millionaire is going to tell you he's not a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. The billionaire is going to tell you he's not a billionaire. And, uh, and there's truth to that because there's, there's fear around sharing. Yeah. And cause if somebody knows they'll, they, they think that you're a different kind of person yeah. or that you, that you're going to judge them for not being that financially successful. Yeah. You know? Yep. And I don't consider financially financial, I don't equivocate financial success with life success. I don't either. Yeah. Like Andy Andrews, I mentioned him earlier. You should just read everything he's got. He's okay. awesome. But um, his definition of success, and I've adopted it, is uh, the people who know you the most love and admire you the most. Mm. That's good. He said, I don't care if the guy who listens to my podcast in, across the world Loves and admires me. Does my wife. Yeah. Does my son. Like, if those, if I can come home and I'm greeted with love and adoration, that's, that's success. That's winning. That's winning at life. Oh, yeah. You know? And to me, I've adopted that because that is the most valuable thing. I would hate to have millions in the bank and children who don't want to speak to me.
1: <laughs> that would break my heart. Yep. And you see it as so much. Yeah, you see that. So you see so many people who have they have the financial picture, and they've worked really hard for it. And I remember this guy joking around one time. He was very successful, and was working really hard. And his wife and him had a turning point. And one day, she looked at him in the kitchen, and she said, "You know, you don't look near as attractive with half of your net worth." <laughs> it shook him to the bone because she was not happy, and wow. you know, and and he was just like, "Well, what am I working for?" To if I could just, you know, I'm gonna lose everything that I thought I was working for. So it was really a a good thing for him, and you know that was it was a great story. This guy's gone on to be incredible, and he's really engaged with his family now. And that's awesome. Yeah. So um, it's really like the most
0: important thing in life. Yeah, like the most important thing. It's it's like if money is a tool, it's a tool to not for us to take advantage of other people or or to try to grow more of it, which we wanna do. If it's a tool, it's to make my kids and my grandkids and my great
1: grandkids set up for more success. So in closing, you had said that this author of this book, I don't remember his name, sorry, author of book, uh, success in life is being known and loved by the people that know you the most. I love that, man. So thank you for sharing that with me. Um, thank you for watching this podcast. Please make sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment, and download